Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Supervalue Insurance. Looking out for you and yours with our new life and mortgage protection insurance. First this morning, though, Lorraine Kelly has her own morning show on ITV and she's been at the top of her game for many years, allowing people to tell her their stories. She's adored by her fans. She has a huge following on social media and her mum is her most cherished critic. Well, one of Lorraine Kelly's favourite places to go on holidays is the Orkney Islands off the north coast of Scotland. And that's where she has set her debut novel, The Island Swimmer. Lorraine Kelly, good morning. It's lovely to have you on the show. Oh, it's so lovely to talk to you. It really is. It's great. Now, listen, I want to know first about Orkney, because Mm. that's where you've Mm. set your book. You seem to really love the place. How long have you been going there and why is it so special to you? Well, I have been going since the early 80s, really. I went there, first of all, when I was a reporter um, and I was covering the whole of Scotland for, for TVAM, if people can remember that far back. Yeah. Um, and I just loved it. It's just one of those places. You know, sometimes you go somewhere and you think, oh, it'd be quite nice to come back here. But with Orkney, it was like I had to go back. It was something kind of drew me back there. Um, it's got such a great rich culture you know when it comes to things like arts and you know there's such amazing poets have come from there and writers and it's a place where a lot of people go if they are very creative I just think something about the air something about the beautiful light and it just felt and and in a way it was it was always going to be Orkney that my first book would be set in but it's kind of if you read the book it's kind of almost like another character you know it's it's very Mm. much I wanted to have a sense of place and a sense of community, if you like, um, that's that's quite unusual in these days. You know, everybody does look out for everyone else, and there's real trust there. So all of that, I think, contributed to the fact that that's where the Island Swimmers set. But since your book, Lorraine's already a bestseller, is there a danger you're going to do too good a job on Orkney? Now, everyone will want to go there, <laughs> and your hidden gem will be overrun. Uh, well, that's that is a very good point because sometimes they do get visited by the cruise ships. You know, the cruise ships land, and then it's like loads of people sort of descend. And I think it's fine. I would actually love people to to discover, you know, the, the, the kind of joy that I've had from from up there. It's just. It's just such a great place. And, and, and like I say, so many stories. You know, everybody's got a story to tell. I, I'm One of the joys when I'm there is I just like sitting in a cafe, chatting to people. The accent is beautiful. I can't do it. I can't do the accent. But it's kind of like singing. It's almost like a, a cross between Irish and Nordic and Scottish. It's, mm. And it's got, I know it's got a lot of its own words. You know, I didn't put all of them in there, but I sort of sprinkled some words like PD. PD mm. means small. And it's the only place I've ever heard anybody saying PD. And it's very <laughs> distinctive to Orkney. And it's just part of the charm, really, of the place. And I mean, don't get me wrong. And, you know, this time of year, it's it's cold and it's <laughs> dark and it's horizontal rain sometimes. So there's all of that as well. You know, it's just it's not all. It just always feels to me that it's bathed in sunshine. But it can be it can be pretty brutal during the winter. You know, the weather is can be pretty bad but the thing about Orkney is that usually we can get four seasons in a day you know it changes a lot so that's good. Now listen before we get into the book where did you grow up in Scotland Lorraine tell me about that and tell me about your own childhood. Yeah, well, I grew up, my mum and dad were very young when they had me. They were just teenagers. Um, and for years and years and years, I thought I was terribly premature. But um, <laughs> they got married in the July and I was I was a medical child, clearly. My mum kept saying I was born in the November. So they had to get married. 
And we lived in a wee tiny, it was a one, I suppose what they'd call it now, a studio flat. It was called a single end. It was just one room with an outside toilet and the gorbals. And then I moved to Bridgeton in uh, the east end of Glasgow till I was about 12 or 13. And then went to uh, East Cobride, which is a kind of new town. And that's where I got my, my first job in the East Cobride News. But to be honest, thinking about the book and, and thinking about back to my childhood, my mum and dad always had books in the house. My mum taught me to read and write before I went to primary school. It was just something that was education was so, so important, that kind of self-taught working class thing. Um, and and the library in Bridgeton opened the world to me. Um, I don't know what I would have done without the library because, you know, when you're a kid and you're just like a wee sponge and you're soaking up all this knowledge. And if I didn't have that library, because we couldn't afford to have books, you know, we just couldn't. We couldn't. But, but I always grew up in a house where there was loads of books around because we were all members of the library and we're taking out like two and three books a week. You know, I just used to uh, read all the time. So it was a very happy childhood. Um, I was very lucky. Uh, mum and dad were, were great it was really and they were because they were so young like my mum was wearing mini skirts and she was like listening to the Beatles and my friends mums and dads they felt like a completely different generation um, whereas you know I was born in 1959 so I was a kid during the 60s so you know they'd be listening to all this brilliant music like Bob Dylan you know like I said the Beatles mm-hmm. the Rolling Stones all of these things so I had that going on all that sort of new swinging 60s culture with my mum and dad so it was great and I noticed since you mentioned your parents there a lot, you dedicate your book, Lorraine, to your mum, Anne, and you say, yes, yes. to my mum, Anne, who gave me the greatest gift of all by introducing me to a lifelong love of books. It's such a lovely mm. dedication and sentiment. Mm. How is your mum doing? Oh, she's doing not bad. She's got a horrible blinking kidney disease. It's ghastly and she's been amazing I mean her mental attitude is very very strong I mean my mum's one of these women you know she's 82 now but she would before she got sick every single day she was out she was at her book club she was learning German she was at the keep fit sort of you know doing all of these kind of things or out for lunch she was she never in she never in she's always one of these women on the go so it's kind of it did hit her pretty hard when she got sick but actually although her conditions you know it's, it's it's bad she's not getting any worse for ages and last summer when we really thought it was getting very very critical we thought she'd have to go on dialysis and it was it was very frightening and my brother lives in Singapore and he came over but he came over to see her honestly all the brilliant care she's getting and all the medication she's getting you know the NHS have been amazing and but my brother seen her I don't know what happened he just lifted her (laughs) he's the golden child and he lifted her spirits and it was a joy to see and he he just you know she got out of hospital she's doing great she's you know she's done an awful lot of medication and she can't do as much as she used to but her spirit is still there you know she's she's very determined and very thrown as we say in Scotland so Mm. yeah she's doing she's doing grand and I get up there as often as I can to see her it's difficult when you're not you know, when you're not there, like mm. round the corner. But thank goodness for the, you know, Zoom calls, WhatsApp, FaceTime, all that sort of stuff that we can we can really keep in touch. And then she watches me every day, so she feels like she sees me, so oh. that's nice. I was going to <laughs> ask you, is she very proud and does she watch you every day? She does watch me. Um, she is proud, but, you know, she's Scottish, working class Scottish. We don't we do not do all that sort of touchy-feely stuff. Um, so, yeah, she is, but, you know, she's equally proud of my brother. He's, he's, does, he's, doing, he's in advertising for his own company in Singapore and doing incredibly well. Um, so, yeah, she, but she, they would never really say, but mm. I know they are. I know they are, both of them. And uh, yeah, But she's good because the thing about it, when I gave her the book to read, she was one of the first people that I, I gave it to read before, you know, I made enough, because obviously there's the whole editing process. 
that I was keeping her in touch with it. And my mum is very honest and she will say, and that's, you need that. You know, you need somebody that you, whose opinion you respect. And she did, she did enjoy it. So I was like, phew. <laughs> that was a relief. Because my mum will watch me. She'll watch me and she'll say, ah, you had Joan Collins on. Why did you not ask her this and this and this? And if she doesn't like my dress, she'll tell me. And she'll, or she'll say, oh, hen, what, what did you do with your hair this morning? I'm not sure about that. <laughs> but I like that. It keeps your feet in the ground and it's nice. Yeah, I love that too. It's great. And look, there's a great cast of characters in your book. Give my listeners an idea of Evie's story. She's from Orkney, Uh, but she's been in exile, hasn't she, in London for a long time? Yeah, yeah. She has to leave. She has to leave Orkney when she's quite young. You know, she's still a teenager in her late teens. And you find out why she has to leave. It's kind of teased throughout the first half of the book. You find out why she has to go. It's pretty traumatic. In fact, very traumatic. And she cuts ties with, with everyone apart from her friend Freya, who's an older woman, who's who's a lovely woman. She's the wise woman in the kind of heart of the, the, the community, really. But Evie has to go. And because of what's happened and because it's been so traumatic, when she gets to London, she's very lonely but she doesn't feel she deserves happiness or contentment even or a good relationship or a decent life, you know? So mm. she has a pretty she has a pretty bad time. She kind of she kind of shrinks. You know, you find that sometimes yeah. with avid friends who've been in bad relationships and it's like they shrink. They, they become smaller and smaller and smaller. Their confidence gets chipped away. So that happens to Evie, but then she has to go back and she has to reconnect with people. She has to go back because her, her beloved dad is, is very ill. So even though she, she hasn't had any contact with him, she feels she needs, she's compelled to go back and then that's where it gets very interesting because she has to rebuild these relationships because all the people she left behind remember her the way she was and she's not like that anymore and all the way through there's it's called the island swimmer so all the way through there's this group of women um who are called the selkies which is orcadian a selkie is like a half seal half woman it's a mythical figure and the selkies well, they hold it up. You know, they help her. She's got a terrible fear of water, but she finds out why. It makes perfect sense. Um, but it's whether or not is she actually going to get over that? Is she actually going to be that girl that she was? Can she find that girl that she was? And then in amongst all of that, there's lots of other things going on and um, lots of twists and turns along along the way. Um, but yeah, it's really a story about relationships and, and how we get on with our mothers, our our fathers, our sisters, you know, friends, all, all of that, and trying to heal, really, I think. And you mentioned the swimming there. So mm. many people now, Lorraine, are into sea swimming. Yeah. Are you yeah. into sea swimming? Oh, yeah. I love it. I mean, I did it, believe it or not, but the first time I went in, uh, sort of got the called cold water swimming, was very cold water. It was Antarctica. <laughs> I was in Antarctica on holiday. Um, it was like a pilgrimage to Ernie Shackleton who I absolutely adore. Mm. Um, and we were following his footsteps in that epic voyage that he did. And we had a chance to go to, to go into the water. Now, I went in and I came back out again after about 3.1 seconds. But I felt alive. I felt really zingy. And then when I went back, I, I, I went swimming in Orkney and in some of the lochs up in Scotland. Also, I live pretty close to the Thames. I, I wouldn't. The Thames is a kind of greeny brown, and no, you don't want to be going in there. Um, but yeah, I've certainly done it a few times, and it does make you feel better. You do feel alive, and it's the camaraderie. 
to be honest, the way, the swimming is great, but the best bit is coming out and having coffee with maybe a wee Bailey's in it and a great big giant cake that, and, and a chat. Because I don't know what it is about doing something like that, but you find out a little lot about your friends and, and, and the girls. That, there are some boys as well, but it's mostly women that I swim with. Uh, and, and it's just something really really good about that you, you tend to share more I don't know it just breaks mm. down barriers somehow it's really interesting Why Lorraine and as we said earlier on it's a bestseller already why did you decide to write a book and also were you nervous about writing it like you have an extremely oh, yeah. successful television career you've had it for decades you still have your own show you're at the top of your game were you worried about departing and doing something so different um, yeah, I guess. I mean, it was. it's always been something I've wanted to do and I've never been able to do it because I've always thought that's a full-time job. I can't do it. But when I put my mind to it and I'd, I'd said in an interview that I really wanted to write a book and then the publishers got in touch with me and then um, when they told me that they published Maeve Binchy, who is my absolute mm. idol when it comes to writing stories. I mean, Maeve was the best in the business. I mean, she's, she was incredible. Um, and also, I love Marine Keys. I like Kate Atkinson. You know, all of these incredibly strong women that managed to do it. I just basically was a hermit for a year. All last year, I didn't do anything but work and write. So I would do my job, make sure I did all my homework, you know, the same. I put the same amount of time into that that I always do because you've got to. But I, I, any spare minute of the day, I was writing. And sometimes when you start writing, you've got to, you've got to keep going. But it's something that I, I really wanted to do. And it was a challenge. And I, honestly, I'm 65 this year. And I wanted some challenges. But with a book, I just wanted to prove to myself that I could do it. Now, it's been amazing that it's, it's been successful. I'm astonished. But of course, you don't do these things all by yourself. You know, when I was a hermit, my husband was having to pick up the slack and do all the shopping and all the rest of it and all the you know, the day-to-day stuff that we have to do, you know, he, he really took more than his fair share, as did my daughter, although Rosie doesn't live with with, with us now, you know, she's nearly 30, well, she'll be 30 this year, you know, she really helped as well, you know, she would she was just really helpful, and um, so yeah, I had, I had the, you know, my family to help me, I had a great editor, so it was a joy to do, I loved every minute of it, and, and I really, I'm just so happy that people have found it, and that they they're enjoying the story because at the moment now I'm just beginning to get feedback and and you know what I've got unfinished business with these characters I didn't want to say goodbye to them I've got to write another one I I, I have to because although the big issues are are addressed at the end of the book there's still some some ends that need tied up because that's life isn't it everything Mm. isn't just wrapped up in a big bow oh and da 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 they lived happily ever after because nobody does Great. And I was thinking your TV work probably complemented your novel as well, Lorraine, because there are difficult conversations in the book about control and relationships, Mm. mental health Mm. issues, sibling rivalry. And they're topics probably you understood better because you probably covered them on your TV work. That's such a great point. And, And it's true. I mean, I think if I didn't do this job, I don't think I would be able to be a writer, to be honest with you. And there's a lot of, you know, our show has a lot of light and a lot of fun and there's a lot of fun and jokes and silliness as well in the book because again that that's life but I think because I've talked to an awful lot of people and much much more importantly I've listened to an an awful lot of people's stories people have been incredible to trust me with their stories you know especially when it's something you know that can be quite traumatic so yeah it was it was it was it was an interesting process and I honestly think that if I hadn't got that experience and amassed that experience, 
that I don't know that I would have been able to do the book. And as well as things like the editing process, I get an awful lot of information about our guests and I've got to kind of dilute that. Um, and that was what the editing process was like as well when I was having to sort of just polish things. But definitely, you're so, so right. You're so right. The, the, the job obviously helped a lot. You've survived at the top of your television career <laughs> for for a very long time. Why do you think that is? So many people's careers fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Why are you still right there at the top? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, I do think it's because of the time of day and the kind of show that we do where you are allowed to be yourself. Um, except, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a much, much less sweary version of me that's on the telly. Um, but yeah, I think it's that. I think people in the morning, they like familiarity and they, mm. they like that. And, you know, and I have kind of grown up with people and it's that trust thing as well. But just, you know, I love it, but I don't take it for granted because I know full well that, you know, somebody could come in tomorrow and say, I want to change the cushions and the colour of the chairs and the presenters. I mean, it's not a guaranteed job for life, anything but. So I suppose I've had the nearest thing to a kind of proper job, if you like, in telly for a long, long time. You know, I, I don't think there's that many people that have been doing it for this long. And that's a privilege. It really is. You know, I mean, it's a joy that every day we come in, we've got a blank slate and we sit and can work out what we're going to say, what we're going to do, what we're going to talk about, what we're going to focus on. And the great thing about what I do is we do do some pretty dark stuff, you know, some really serious issues. Mm. But we do it in a different way to other shows. And, you know, we try and, like I say, we try and bring a bit of light. And we've done campaigns, you know, on breast cancer, bowel cancer, all of these different campaigns. And that really touches mm. people a lot. When I've been going out talking about the book, um, I've been going out to various different events and, it's so lovely to get that feedback, you know, to people just to say, oh, thanks. And you're kind of like, I suppose people are watching you at that time in the morning. You're, you're like your, their pal, mm. which, again, what an honour that is. You know, it's, it's, it's just wonderful. But I think the bottom line is I just love it. You know, I've got a great team. You're only as good as your team. Mm. Uh, some of them are very young and they keep me young with all the TikToks and all the rest of it. And, you know, we're keeping up to date with social media and all that malarkey and the new bands and new TV programmes and everything. It's it's great. It's a real sort of democracy here. Everybody's got a chance to throw in ideas and all of that. And it keeps you young. Keeps you young. And actually, before I let you go, you have a huge uh, Insta following, a very big following on social. And there are always Mm -hmm. comments about your looks and how you look so young for your age. So what's your secret? (laughs) My listeners are going to want to know. Oh, gosh, I don't know. And I mean, social media is a very strange place. I think Mm -hmm. Twitter has got terribly dark. I mean, I've had to. I don't block people because then they know that you've seen it. I just You can mute mute them. them. Yeah. Mute is the best thing because they don't know that you've seen it. They don't know that they're ranting in an empty (laughs) room. And I call them ants with megaphones. They are awful. And I'm fine. I'm a grown woman. You know, I'm I'm nearly 65. I can dismiss it. But it worries me for young people, you know, young actresses or dancers or singers, entertainers, or indeed any young person that they're subjected to that because it's it's really horrible. But really, I think, to be honest with you, it's nothing that I've done. I take after my mum. My mum's got the most beautiful skin and bone structure. And I do think, you know, my mum doesn't look 80 odds, even though she's not very well. She doesn't look, she doesn't look her age. Um, I think a lot of it is who you are inside. Mm. You know, you, you do sort of get the face you deserve and sometimes, not always. Yeah. But um, I think it's, I think it's, 
partly, you know, of course you can slap on cream and all that sort of stuff and put highlights in your hair, which I do. Um, but I think it's more to do with what you're like inside and how content you are. I'm always, I'm always sort of, uh, I don't always like to say happy because you can't be happy all the time, but you can be content and have mm. peace of mind. And that's terribly underrated. It's only when your peace of mind goes away that you realise how important it is. Well, Lorraine, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, it's your, lovely to talk to you. Your debut novel, which is already a bestseller, The Island Swimmer, is published by Orion. And uh, congratulations on your great success, Lorraine. Thank and thanks so much for chatting to me today. Anytime. What a joy. It was just like chatting over a cup of tea with a pal. Thank you so much. <laughs> Mind yourself, Lorraine. Thanks so much.